0: And he gave ear to me. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My hand was stretched out in the night without ceasing. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Selah. You hold my eyelids open. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I have considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I meditate within my heart and my my spirit makes diligent search. Will the Lord cast us off forever? And will he be favorable no more? Has his mercy ceased forever? Has his promise failed forevermore? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his tender mercies? Selah. And I said, this is my anguish, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will also meditate on all your work and talk of your deeds. Your way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? You are the God who does wonders. You have declared your strength among the people's. You have with your arm redeemed your people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph, Selah. The waters saw you, O God. The waters saw you. They were afraid. The depths also trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies sent out a sound. Your arrows also flashed about. The voice of your thunder was in the whirlwind. The lightnings lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook your way was in the sea, your path in the great waters, and your footsteps were not known. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Psalm 77, like so many psalms that we've worked our way through so far, is a powerful psalm. The language that the psalmist use often resonates with us. It's language that, that we are familiar with. These are situations where where I have been there. I have felt that. I know that feeling. As you read that psalm, you probably noticed I was reading it. There's a a stark change in this psalm. The first half of the psalm, the first nine verses are so heavy, so almost hopeless. In those last ten verses, verses 10 to 20, the psalmist has hope. It's almost as if two different people uh, are writing this, but it's one man. It's one man whose perspective has changed, as we'll see as we work our way through this. Psalm 77 is a journey from the depths of depression to the heights of worship. It starts out in the depths of depression. The psalmist The community that the psalmist is in finds themselves in a situation where they are overwhelmed. They are overcome. We recognize this situation. In fact, you may have already drawn some of the connections between Psalm 76 and Psalm 75 and Psalm 74. You may have drawn some of the connections to Habakkuk that we just finished on Sunday. In fact, Psalm 77 likely comes out of the same time period right around Habakkuk. The same time period as Psalm 76 comes out of. In fact, one of the commentaries that I was looking at, uh, Graham Scroggie, uh, he says that it's, it's, it, it, Psalm 77 is a good psalm to read along with Habakkuk 3. Which caught my attention because we just finished Habakkuk 3. What perfect timing in the Lord's timing. He knew what he was doing. And you see some of the same, same imagery as we, we work our way through this. But in verse 1 here, you kind of start almost in a place of hope. I cried out to God with my voice. To God with my voice. I cried out. So, so, so clearly there's something going on. There's something that is motivating the psalmist to cry out. And yet there's, there's hope in this verse. As I cry out, he gave ear to me. The Lord heard me. Again, I think, I think as we work our way through these psalms, as we work our way through scripture, it's easy for us to sometimes read over things like that and get to what's the big idea. I think it's important for us to pause and to rejoice in the fact that we serve a God who hears us. He gave ear to me. I cried out to my God and he heard me. He saw my situation. He knew what I was going through. That gives hope for these next several verses which get very dark. What is the situation of this psalm? Well, verse 2, In the day of my trouble I sought the Lord. Alright, so there, again, that, that's good, right? He responds in the right way. He's going to the right place. He's looking for answers in the right place. He's in the day of trouble, but he's seeking the Lord. That's good. That's the right response. But then the verse kind of goes in the place that we don't expect. Right? We, we expected that in the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and things turned out great, and I'm doing really well right now. That's not what he says. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My hand was stretched out in the night without ceasing. My soul refused to be comforted. In the day of the trouble, I sought the Lord. My hand was stretched out. It's a position of prayer, pouring out his heart to the Lord. And in the night without ceasing, notice there the reference to in the day of my trouble and in the night without ceasing, Those two kind of form the idea that all of the psalmist's time is consumed with this trouble. It is constantly on his mind. Everything that he does in the back of his mind is this trouble. Even when there's something that that could take his mind off of the trouble, it's still in his mind. It rules his days and his nights. But what about the beginning of verse 2? He says that he sought the Lord Kind of returns that idea in verse 3. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained or I sighed. I poured out my heart and my spirit was overwhelmed. What's going on there? I remembered God and was troubled? Shouldn't it say "I, I remembered God and I had hope? I remembered God and I rejoiced. That's what we expect. That's not what we find. I remembered God and was troubled. You see, I think what we find here in verses 2 and 3 is that the psalmist goes to the right place, but he goes with the wrong mindset. He seeks the Lord but as he goes to the Lord and as he thinks back and he remembers, it is a jealousy of former times that fills his heart. Rather than a quiet soul, he finds a bitter soul. Why can't I go back to that? You were good then, God. Where are you now? I remember that. And if that is who God is, why don't I see him now? Why don't I feel love now? Why don't I feel his mercy now? He turns to the, right, to the right place. He goes to the Lord, but he goes with the wrong mindset. It's almost an accusation that he goes to the Lord with. Where are you, God? I've seen you do these things in the past. I thought that's who you are. Maybe I was wrong, maybe that's not who you are. Maybe this is who you are, maybe you're not good. There's a sila there at the end of that verse, almost to kind of let it let it linger. I remembered God and was troubled, even though as we read scripture I think we often assume I, I remembered God and the next thing is we, and I rejoice now the reality is that verse 3 I think is a lot more like our lives right I think a lot more often we, we tend to be like the psalmist here I remember God but it just made me jealous for those former days it just made me bitter it just made me question who he really is in fact, that's what you see as you go forward. Uh, as you come into verse 4, now you see the idea that this, this trouble is with him at all times. He cannot shake it. You, you hold my eyelids open. I'm so troubled I cannot speak. I, I am overwhelmed to the point that I cannot sleep and I cannot speak. I've considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. I have looked back. I, I, I call to remembrance my song in the night. Again, this is an idea back to to those good times. While now the psalmist can't sleep and he pours out his prayer to the Lord all night full of worry and trouble, he remembers days when his night was filled with praise rather than fear. When his night was filled with singing to the Lord. I remember those days. I meditate within my heart. And my spirit makes diligent search. And yet, as he calls to remembrance those days, as he remembers the Lord, as he seeks the Lord in the day of his trouble, rather than finding hope, verse 7, these are the questions that fill his mind. Will the Lord cast off forever? Is he done with us? Will he be favorable no more? Has his mercy ceased forever? Has his promise failed forevermore? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his tender mercies? Maybe this is who God is. Maybe that wasn't him back there. Maybe this is who, maybe he's not merciful. Maybe he's not faithful. Again, some of this language takes us back. We, we know this situation that the psalmist finds himself. We just walked through the book of Habakkuk. That's the situation this psalmist finds himself in. Where are you, God? In fact, these are some of the same things that Habakkuk struggles with through the book of Habakkuk. Has his mercy ceased forever? Do you remember Habakkuk's prayer at the beginning of chapter 3? In wrath, Remember mercy? Remember your mercy, God. Whereas Habakkuk takes it in a positive sense, the psalmist here says, maybe God's not merciful. Again, there's a selah at the end of this. This point, it's almost a, it's just almost a, a hopeless pause. As he pauses and he meditates, maybe this is true. This is my anguish. Then as you come to verse 10, you have a change. It's a change of mind, and notice that it's a purposeful change. Notice in verse 10 and 11, "I will, I will, I will. I don't, I don't feel it, feel it, but this is what I will do. I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. As I have looked back on what you've done in the past with with bitterness, as I have looked back with questioning, I will choose to look back with faith. I will remember what you've done in the past, and I will let that not fuel bitterness in the present, but I will find hope in that for the present. I will remember, I will remember, I will remember. I will also meditate on all your work. Again, in the first half, what was it that he was meditating on? What was it that filled his days and his nights that caused him to lose sleep and to not be able to speak? It was that problem. It was this issue that he is meditating on. But now he says, I will meditate on your work not on my problem. Rather than consuming my time with worry, I will consume my time with meditating on what I know to be true about the Lord. Choose what you meditate on. We even know that from the New Testament, do we not? Think on these things. Choose what you meditate on. I don't think my father-in-law is here this evening. I didn't ask his permission to share this <laughs> illustration. Uh, but he, he told me a story before that, that really stood out to me, where in his younger years, he had filled his um, mind with music and things that he shouldn't have been in listening to. And one day, or one summer, he got a job uh, out on a farm, something that kept him busy. And so what he did that summer was he would Sing and memorize and listen to hymns of the faith. He chose to meditate on those truths. He chose to fill his mind with that rather than with that trash that had been in his mind. That's kind of the idea here that we see in verse 12. I will meditate on this. This is what I will fill my mind with. I will replace that worry with faith. Rather than questioning God, I will look to what he says about himself, what I have seen, and I will trust that. In fact, notice in verse 12, it doesn't stop at meditation. This isn't just something that I fill my mind with in in the quiet times that I find myself. This is something I will talk about. I will talk of your deeds. I will not hold it in. I will meditate on it, and then I will share it. I think that's another important step that we often miss. Sometimes we know the right thing to think about, right? We, we know what's true. I don't, I don't feel this right now, but I know this is what the Bible says about God. Help me to believe this, God. Help me to believe this. And we remind ourselves over and over and over, God is good. God is good. God is good. I don't feel it. I don't see it. There's no evidence of it in my life right now, but this I know that God is good. And that's a good thing. But don't stop there. Sit down with someone else and say, God is good. And let them say, yes, God is good. And if you have no reason to remember why God is good, let them tell you why God is good in their life. I will talk of your deeds. I will not hold it in. Your way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? And in these verses, 13, 14, and 15, you can almost hear the psalmist growing in confidence and comfort. He he doesn't feel it. He doesn't see it, but he's choosing, I will remember, I will remember. It's almost as if he's he's forcing the words out of his mouth here in verse 13. Who is so great? God is our God. But then as he keeps moving, as he keeps remembering, as he keeps meditating, as he keeps speaking and talking, those truths really grab hold of his soul. It's almost as if he's rejoicing by the time he gets to the end. Who is so great a God as our God? You are the God who does wonders. You have declared your strength among the peoples. You You have with your arm redeemed your people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. He's growing in confidence. He's growing in hope and in comfort. As he rehearses this, as he meditates on this, as he talks of this, Then as you come to verses 16 to verse 20, this is the part that is very similar to chapter 3 of Habakkuk. It's very similar to what we saw in Psalm 76. Where is it that the psalmist turns his attention, that he finds hope, that he remembers God's great deeds in the past? It's the same place he turned in Psalm 76. It's the same place he turned in Habakkuk 3, to the exodus to the parting of the Red Sea. The waters saw you, O God. The waters saw you and they were afraid. The depths trembled. The clouds poured out water. The sky sent out a sound. Your arrows also flashed about. That's lightning. The voice of your thunder. Here we are at, at Sinai. The voice of your thunder was in the whirlwind. The lightnings lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. You can almost feel the power of God. You can picture yourself sitting there at the foot of Sinai, as the mountain quakes, as the lightning flashes. Your way was in the sea, your path in the great waters. Again, the, the Exodus going through the Red Sea. Your footsteps were not known. And all throughout, through the Red Sea to Sinai, through the wilderness, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. His faithfulness in the wilderness. He finds hope in God's great deeds in the past that testify to who God is. God is not defined by what I see or understand in the present. God is the same God of the Exodus. He's the same God that led his people out of Egypt. And he is the same God as this psalmist sits at a point in history when Israel is about to go into captivity. That same God that led them out of Egypt is the same God that will lead us out of Babylon come time. Because he is a faithful and powerful God. And that is my hope that I cling to. So as you come to the end of Psalm 77... Regardless of your circumstances. I feel like that's a phrase I've used a lot throughout Psalm the 70s and the Psalms and throughout Habakkuk. But regardless of your circumstances, choose to remember and to rejoice. Choose to meditate on what you know to be true. And choose to testify to others. To sit down and to speak and to let them speak back to you and tell you about their God and your God. In the depths of depression, in the most overwhelming anxiety, when life doesn't make sense, keep your eyes on the Lord. Fill your mind with the truth. It's a hopeless psalm. In the first nine verses praise the Lord, doesn't stop there. The psalmist's hope is in his faithful God who does not change. And may that be our hope. Maybe even this evening as we look at this psalm, maybe there's a reason that God has us in these psalms and going through Habakkuk at this time. Maybe you're here this evening and maybe you find yourself somewhere in these first nine verses. And if you're there this evening, I would just call you, even though it doesn't feel like it, even though as you try to remember the Lord, you just find more trouble in your soul, change your perspective. Don't grow bitter. Focus. Keep your eyes on God. Cling to that hope choose i will remember i will remember i will remember i will meditate and i will talk of your deeds and find comfort in who your god is regardless of what circumstances you find yourself he does not change with that we're going to transition to time of prayer requests